If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12 for a second. And if you have your Word Life books, we are actually on the series called In Concert. All right? I know you haven't used them for the last couple of weeks, so you probably didn't bring them tonight. But we are on In Concert. All right? How many of you know you have a gift? Every person in this room, if you call yourself a believer, you have a gift. There's no one in this room, if you call yourself, you ever accepted Christ your Savior, everyone there has a gift. Let me ask you a question. On a Christmas morning, you wake up, and there's a gift under the tree for you wrapped up. What do you want to do with that gift? You want to what? You want to open it up, right? Nobody wants to sit. How many of you ever had those situations where you know your gift is under the tree and you have to go to this person's family to open up gifts and you have to go to this person's house to open up gifts and then at 6 o'clock or so in the night you finally get to the house to open up this particular gift that you've been looking forward to open up all day. Anyone ever been there? And that gift is like calling your name and it's like getting you very upset. The problem is, is this. Again, as I said, as believers... We have a gift. Each one of us, when we came to know Christ as Savior, we were given a gift. And as we look at Ephesians 4.12, I'll read a a sign at verse 11. And he gave them apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry of building up the body of Christ. How many of you ever wanted to be on American Idol or The Voice or one of those shows? Anyone ever want to try out for that? I, uh, anybody ever want to try out for The Voice or American Idol or one of those shows? Can you imagine what it would be like to perform on the big stage in front of millions of people on a live show? Could you imagine that? How many of you think you would just fall right out on the stage and faint right there and that be it? Right. Some of you are musicians in this room. Some of you are singers. Some of you are instrumentalists, musicians, like I said. So you have played in front of big crowds, but maybe not a million people. What's the biggest crowd you have played in front of, Lauren? You don't know how many people? Ethan, what's the biggest crowd you ever sang in front of? Thousand some. Can you imagine a million people watching you? Wow. Can you imagine all the lights, the cameras, the band has to get ready to play, have to play this live song. There's no time to mess up. If you mess up, that messes up the whole show because it's done live. You know, we, we only always see the people in the front. But we forget those people in the backstage who have to get all the people together and get them all set, get everything done, ready to go. It takes a whole group of people to put on a live show. It doesn't take one person or the person who's on stage. It takes everyone backstage, everyone doing lights, everyone doing the sound. It takes all these people to do the show. It's just like us as believers. We need all the believers to work together. There's no one in this room who is by themselves. There's no one in this room who can say, I can do it all on my own. How many of y'all are pastors? All right. How many of y'all have the gift of helping? How, how many of you say you have the gift of helping people? How many of you say you have the gift of encouraging people? And the list goes on and on, right? 
These are the gifts that God has given you as a believer. We always think of, when people talk about spiritual gifts, and we're going to look a little bit more into it, we always think about spiritual gifts being just a preacher, those who are teaching. But you need other people. Let me ask a question. If I was a person who had to give a teaching, and I had no one to teach, what good is that gift? It's not good at all, right? It would be a pretty lousy gift to have, because I would be actually, you know, teaching myself. That would not be a good gift to have. The same thing, like I said, is going with the church. First of all, what is a spiritual gift? A spiritual gift is a God-given ability for the purpose of building and edifying the church, the body of Christ. A God-given ability for the purpose of building up the edifying the church, the body of Christ. Notice what I said, the church. What is the church? Is the church a building out there? No, the church is the people. But we fall in this trap all the time saying this, I'm going to church. Right? Don't we say that? I'm going to church. Where are you going today? On Sunday, I'm going to church. No, 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 no. We the church right here. If a couple of us are gathered together, we are the church. That is just a place that we go to worship. That's a building. If that building didn't exist, the church would still exist. If a hurricane came and wiped everything out, it would be sad if everyone woke up on Monday and said, well, we can't have service because the building's gone. What you want me to tell you about the sad thing about, about that? I think there would be some people who would actually say that. Because they look at the building being the church more than the people being the church. And I think that's a problem that we all fall a trap into sometimes. Where do you think is the largest indoor stage located? Anyone have any idea where the largest indoor stage is located? Anyone have any idea? No one has an idea, right? Duh, well, the USA? Okay. You, you got the country. Anyone? Huh? No? Who? No, 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 no. Reno, Nevada, USA is where it's from. That's Nevada, all right? That's why Las Vegas. The Grand Theater is an 1800-seat concert and the show venue with an indoor stage that is over an acre of usable space. Hold on, can you imagine that for a second? 1,800-seat concert choir. That's 1,800 people who can sit on the stage to play their instruments. That is a big stage. How many, what's the most you all ever had on a stage together, Celine? 150. Could you imagine having, I don't even want to know, but that's like plenty more people. I know that, you know. Could you imagine performing on a stage like that? Having the biggest band ever? The Grand Theater might have the largest physical stage, but the biggest stage would have to belong again to the American Idol stage. It began airing on Fox Network on June 11, 2002, as an addition to the Idol franchise, where it was a UK pop idol, and has since become one of the most successful shows in history of American television. It was the most watched TV series, and you may not believe this, because I know some of you probably think American Idol is stale now, because I could be honest with you, I like the voice better than American Idol, all right? But from 2005 to 2011, that was, one, that was the number one rated show on all of TV, the American Idol. Can you, can you believe that? I think probably 2011 is probably when Simon Cowell probably came out of the show because after he came out of the show, that was it. But The Voice is the better show, I agree. The series was described by rival TV executives as the most impactful show in the history of television. It had become one of the most recognized springboard 
for learning the careers of many artists. Let's name some of the stars. Kelly Clarkson. Carrie Underwood. Don't say Ruben Stutter because we don't know where you're going. See, y'all don't even remember Ruben Stutter. Huh? Jordan Sparks. Jordan Sparks. Um, there's another guy, actually, the Christian artist now, he was on there. Um, Danny Groke, um, Groke, anyway, Daniel Groke, anyway, he was on American Idol, he made it to the last three, you know, um, but many stars, even those who may not have won, their career started on there. That is how amazing it is. Lives are changing each scene in American Idol, the contestants go away from ordinary people to stars. Can you imagine, don't you see the, tra- how many of y'all have ever watched a whole scene of American Idol? And you see the transformation from these people on stage when they first come in for their lives, they look like this very ordinary person, like, you know, some of them are just like, they got the hair one way, and then by the end of the show, they get a whole new makeover where they look like a star. Anyone ever, you notice that? Like, they look like a very ordinary person on the side here. Like, you would never pick them out to be anybody. And after they go through all of the transformation, through all the shows and all the, you know, the makeovers, then they look like a star. That's what happens. But what if I had to tell you, as a believer, that's just like us? We were very ordinary people. But when we came to know Christ as our Savior, we received a gift from Him. Number one, the definition of spiritual gifts. How would you define a spiritual gift? How would you define a spiritual gift besides in that particular thing? If I had to say, what is a spiritual gift, how would you define it? Simple. A gift given from God, right? That'd be an easy way. It's a gift given from God. First Corinthians twelve four to seven. So there are first of all what varieties of gifts. There are many different gifts. Let me just give you an example of some of these gifts, and then we're gonna look at the second point. We should have the first point um, already up. It is the definition of spiritual gifts. If you're following your books, the second point is the description of spiritual gifts. There are three categories that we look at, and then we have the third purpose. Our spiritual gifts, which is spiritual maturity and the work of the ministry. Now, you won't have this in your PowerPoint, but there are three different gifts, three different categories. There are speaking gifts, there are serving gifts, and there are sign gifts. All right? Can you all say that together? There are speaking gifts, serving gifts, and sign gifts. And we're going to go through these a little quick because we could spend hours upon talking about some of these. But first of all, speaking gifts. Number one is the gift of evangelism. All right? The gift of evangelism. What do you think is a gift of evangelism? A person who could what? Evangelize, right? Who has an easy gift? How many of y'all think you have the gift of evangelism? Anyone? All right, you got two, three, two, three people have the gift of evangelism. There are some people I could tell you right now who probably say, this is definitely not my gift because this is the hardest thing in the world for me to talk to someone about Christ. Now, we should all be able to talk about it, but there's some people, they just have a gift of just they could go to anybody and just talk to them. Be like, hey, how you doing? Yeah. You know Jesus, you know Jesus is your Savior? You know, like, that's just how they are. They have that gift. You know, think about it. Has God ever used any of you to accept Christ as your Savior? I mean, to lead someone to Christ. Secondly, another speaking gift is exhortation. Megaphone. Basically thinking of someone who has the gift of exhortation, the God-given ability to encourage others. How many of you have the gift of encouragement? That you can encourage somebody. Now, somebody once told me I have to give up discouragement. I don't know why they told me that, but they told me I have to give up discouragement, and that's not a gift, by the way. All right? That's not a gift. But 
How many of y'all think y'all know someone has a gift of discouragement? Okay, that's not a spiritual gift, okay? So just so you know. But the gift of encouragement, that's a gift. All right? That's a gift that we need in the church today. Don't you agree? Because we have a lot of discouragement in the church. We need people who are encouraged to encourage one another. Very important to think about because we need to encourage. Thirdly, the gift of prophecy. And when I say prophecy, I'm not talking about someone who can tell the future because this is all changed because we already have God's word and it already tells us the truth, it already tells us everything. But the gift of prophecy is somebody who can really teach the word, the preaching of the word. All right? How many of you think you have the desire to preach the word of God? How many of you think you're going to be a preacher when you grow up? All right, two people. So Jared's going to take my job when I get older. Y'all, y'all see that? Hey, y'all put this on video, right? Jared Ferguson is going to take my job in the next four years. All right? Jared, what grade are you in? Huh? Ten? All right. Okay, five. All right. Five years. All right? Or somebody else will take it before then. All right? Somebody else will take it. All right. Secondly, the next gift is teaching. All right? Having a gift of teaching knowledge. Who can look at God's word and just have a knowledge of it. Fifth is wisdom. Just having the wisdom, uh, you know, someone who can just read God's word and it just comes to them very easily. They have the gift of wisdom. All right? Those are some of the speaking gifts. Secondly is the serving gifts. The gift of faith is number one. Is number one. Not faith, not this faith. All right? But faith is a God-given ability to believe in a particular situation that may impair impossible. How many of y'all ever met someone who has a gift of faith? Where they are so, they're a faithful person, they believe, and they just keep on believing, and they pray. Anyone ever met someone like that? Like they, anyone ever met them? All right? All right? Even when everyone else has lost hope, but they have faith. All right? Secondly, the gift of giving. Another gift of giving, all right? Someone who has the God-given gift to give. Who is, let me tell you something. There's nothing wrong with being rich, you know. Whoever ever tell you there's something wrong with being rich, they lie to you. That's nothing wrong with being rich. Now, it's wrong to be stingy. All right? God can, God can give you people who are rich to help you out. All right? There are people who all the time are able to help you out, able to, to help you out whenever, you know, there's a need. How many of you ever met that person who, who, they have money and they can help you out? All right? I've seen people like that all the time. All right? <laughs> Thirdly, another servant gift is the gift of helps or ministry. This is a God-given gift to see those and to help those in need. All right? That's a gift. Not everybody has the gift of helping people. All right? Some people have the gift of pushing people down and kicking them even harder. And, and that's not a gift. All right? Just so you know. That's not a spiritual gift to have. But a gift of help. Helping somebody out. Fourthly, another servant gift is the gift of mercy. The gift of mercy is a God-given ability to show compassion, to give and help those with pains, heartaches, disappointment, and sorrows. That's a very hard gift. To, that's a good gift to have. All right? So I think that as we think of these gifts, like I said, we have all of these different type of gifts. We have the speaking gifts, the serving gifts, and we're going to look at the sign gifts the next time we look at, we talk. All right, because these are some gifts that we need to really look at. All right, more in detail, because some of the sign gifts aren't for today. All right, and we're going to talk a little bit about that 
next week. Now we're going to look at our application. The spiritual gift is given by God in order to accomplish His work, supernaturally through the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you, there are some times in life you will always notice this, that you wonder as a believer, how in the world did that happen? How did I in the world say that? And I'm going to tell you, it wasn't you who said it. It was God working through you. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says this, To each is given the manifestation of spirit for the common good. What it says is that every one of you who call yourself a believer have been given a gift for the common good of the body of Christ, the church. All right? That is why we have this gift. Second point. When you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Spirit of God indwelt you and gave you a spiritual gift or gift. Some of you can have, you can have more than one gift. 1 Peter 4.10 As each has received a gift, use it to serve who? Not yourself, but serve what? One another as good stewards of God's very grace. Again, you are given a gift to what? Serve one another. Again, like I said, it's no good for you to look at a gift under the tree if it's wrapped up and don't open it. That gift is no good in the box, right? Am I correct? If the, bo- if the gift stays in the box, wrapped up, you don't know what it is. And when you find out what gift you have, you need to use it. And you know what? As you use it more, you will become better at it. All right? What is it? Practice makes what? Perfect. Perfect. All right? So you need to keep on practicing and doing better. Let me tell you something. As I think of, of speaking, you know, I remember my first ever time speaking in front of people. I was eight, uh, my first ever message given, I was 18 years old. I was in Bermuda. Um, and they told me, I remember I went over there, I was going on a mission trip. And the guy told me, well, all right, um, I don't know, whatever night it was, said, you could be given a message. I'm like, what? Given who? The message. I said, all right. So I'm like, okay, what am I going to teach on? What am I going to do? Um, God, you need to help me with this. I don't know, you know, what, why I'm doing this because I don't, I'm a little nervous. I don't know what to do. Um, and God just basically took me to the passage he wanted to speak on. I spoke on Matthew 5. 14 to 16, being the light of the world. And I remember thinking, well, well how long this could be? I must have got there and talk about one slow three minutes, and I must have sit down and I could be finished. No, no. I ended up at least going for at least 18 minutes. I was like, what? 18 minutes? A lot of people, they wanted some more because they were used to like half hour or 35 minutes. So they thought I was just like just getting started, but I was already done. But as I got older and I used my gift more, I think I hopefully I got better. Uh, not that I want to. Not that I want to be a long-winded preacher. I don't want to be like 40, 45, 20, you know, 50 hour. I don't want to be that long because you're all probably thinking, well, "Buddy, if you if you get any longer, I ain't even coming no more. I ain't want here no 60 hour. No, I don't believe in being long. All right. But the point, I feel like I've gotten better at it because I've done it. When you don't use your gift, you will never get better. Now, do, can I perfect the gift? I don't think I can perfect it because I always need to grow and need to get better. So I think that's very important to think about as you think of your gifts and talents. If you have the gift of helps, you can always help more. If God has gifted you in music, you can always do better. There's no way you can always just get to the top and think, I got it. I don't need help. I don't need to practice. All right? There's no way of doing that. Next point. A spiritual gift is sovereignly and supernaturally given by the Holy Spirit. These gifts aren't something that I get to choose. I don't get to choose if I want the gift 
of mercy. I don't get to choose that. This is a gift that God gives me. He's in control. He gives me this gift. And supernaturally give my those here. First Corinthians 12, 11 says this. All these are empowered by the one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. God gives us the gifts. Again, as I said at the beginning, the only way you'll have a spiritual gift is what? If you accept the Christ as your Savior. If you never accept the Christ as your Savior, you don't have no gifts. Sorry. But if you accept the Christ as your Savior, you've accepted us, you have a spiritual gift. And the last point. God has not called you to be a hearer or a spectator, but a servant. And you know, let me tell you something, this is the problem we have in the church today. We have so many spectators. How many of you have ever been to a baseball game, a basketball game, a softball game, whatever game, and you had spectators out there and they sound like they know everything about the game, and you put them on a the field, they absolutely know nothing. Anyone ever been there? Yes, all right. The people from the stands, they, they can tell you every, listen, they can tell you everything you're doing wrong. Well, you know what? If you go up to bat, you should open up your stance more. You know, you should do this. When you go up to shoot the hoop, you need to bend your legs more, bend your knees, you know? When you, you know, the list goes on. They tell you everything. You put them on the basketball court or the or softball field, you know what? They know daily squat. They couldn't do nothing for themselves. But they feel like they could tell you what to do. Because, you know why? They're the spectator. And I think the church... In the church, we have too many spectators. We have too many people in the church who complain and who don't want to get in the game. You remember EA Sports? It's in the game. You know? We need some more EA Sports people to get in the game. We're tired of people just sitting outside the game and have all the answers. You need to get in the game and try to work it out. Try to help out. James 1.22 says this, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. Again, don't be just hearers. It's no good if a coach comes to you and says, Joey, I want you to do this, all right? I want you to pitch this way. And you don't do it that way. You don't listen to him. It's no good. It's no good for you to just not listen to the coach or just hear him and say, all right, I heard what you said, but I can just go do my own thing. It's not going to help you. It's the same thing in our spiritual walk. If we only hear us of God's word and we don't do it, it's no good. The same thing as the church, as the gift that God has given you. If you only have the gift and you're not using it, it's no good for all of us to benefit from it. Again, I need you as much as you need me. Some people look at the pastor of the church being the most important guy. And yes, he has a great responsibility. But let me tell you something. Again, as I, just, as I said earlier, as the, as the person up here speaking, if I don't have you to teach to, or if I don't have you to encourage me, or to help me, or to do these other things, there's no, I have no help. It's no good. When, did Adam, when Adam was first created, what was the first thing that God said he needed? A what? He needed a what? He needed a helpmate. He needs someone to help him. Because you know what? The Christian life, no man is an island. All right? No man is an island. No one's a one person person. That's not how it works. We need each other. I need you. Are you ready to, are you ready to go with me?
That's a question to answer back. Are you ready to be with me? I need you. I'm ready to be with you. Are you ready to be with me? Well, yeah. Y'all want to be spectators, eh? All right, y'all want to answer loud, okay? Hey, the answer to the question is yes, okay? All right? Are you guys going to be with me? Yeah. All right, thank you, thank you. All right, that's what I want. We need, we need the church, all right? We need the church to work together. Let's pray. Dearly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for the church. Thank you for not the building, but the people. Because Father, we know that we are the church. We need you every day of our lives. We need you to guide us. We need you to protect us. We need you in every part of our lives. And I pray that you continue to help us to grow together, to be an encouragement to one another, that we would just know how much we need each other and that we won't depend on, on just ourselves. We thank you. We praise you. For all you're done. In Jesus' name. Amen.